so hi everybody and welcome back to autism mom life i am back and putting out all new podcast episodes this week hey i have with me a friend that i have talked about on my podcast before his name is jay say hi jay hey brooke how are you i'm doing great how are you i'm doing amazing thank you for asking Okay, good. Okay, so the goal of today, why I wanted to bring you on this podcast was because I met you when we were working. And uh, when we were working together, um, we started talking and, you know, we realized that, you know, we have kids that go through a lot of the same stuff. And as parents... We go through a lot of the same stuff as. So, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about her? And, um. Okay. Yeah, go ahead whenever you're ready. Well, my name is Jay. Sure. My name is Jay, as I already mentioned earlier, and I am a family entrepreneur. I enjoy doing business that also incorporates my kids as much as possible. I am the proud dad of two children who've been diagnosed with autism. And then we have a third child that has ADHD. She's a little bit younger, but it makes it for a very interesting ride. I just love my kids and they're my world. All right. That's awesome. And what do you think was the hardest experience for you? Do you think that it became easier, you know, when the second one was diagnosed were they diagnosed around the same time let's talk about that okay well i don't necessarily say it's gonna be hard or easy it's just there's a lot of challenges that are unexpected and as long as you focus on the humor in it you can get through it uh otherwise i would lose my mind and i would cry thank god that i have such a supportive co-parent because i know i could not get through this alone Um, I actually suffer from um, elevated blood pressure from the stress that these guys sometimes put me through. But on the flip side, I've learned so much from them. It's been amazing. Okay. So how did you feel the first time that one of your children received a diagnosis for being on the ASD spectrum? Uh, I didn't know what autism was. I thought that it was probably closer to Down syndrome, what you would see children that can't speak and they might even have deformities. Uh, to be honest with you, I was completely ignorant, and I said, there's no way my kid has autism. So how did you react to that with, with your child? How did you go about, what was your next step? Oh, complete denial. <laughs> Keep on trucking. Um, if you just ignore it, it'll go away. So that's really probably the way I think most of my friends that have autistic kids approach it at first, because society has no idea as a whole that autism is like a fingerprint. Every child is completely different. So if you look at my one child who has autism, uh, that child is a savant. She is brilliant at mathematics. You look at my other kid, and you can tell he's thinking, but you have no idea about what, and it's usually not the conversation you're in the middle of. So everyone is completely different. It's much like any other child. No, I think that's really important to talk about, too, the fact that every autistic child is different. My child is different than your child, and your two children are completely different, and they're raised the same in the same household. Yep. 
but they all have this thing they call a meltdown. And by then, I mean, besides the medical system, they call it a meltdown. And there's no other better word for it. Uh, your child completely loses their mind and there's no talking to them. There's no communicating with them. You just try to get out of their way and make sure they don't hurt themselves or anybody else. Uh, my one child has actually hurt first responders and sent them to the emergency room on multiple occasions. So that's probably the one thing that seems to be in all of them is when they can't communicate, they get so bottled up, it just keeps repeating in their mind until they just explode like a rocket. I would love to hear how you would explain it, but that's the way I can best explain it. I mean, I think that's something we can all relate to. I mean, it's like if you were put in a situation where all you wanted to do is speak and you couldn't, you were being forced to not be able to communicate how you were doing and if they don't know another way to communicate, they have no idea. And it's a frustrating thing. It's a frustrating thing for adults. So to put that into a child who has so much to say and so much they want to do, and they're still learning about the world, <laughs> that I think that must be the most frustrating thing, one of the most frustrating things they can deal with. And as a parent, I think it's so important to realize, you know, all you want to do is be there for your child. All you want to do is understand yes. them and be able to fix every problem. And being an autism parent, we can't fix every problem. We can't slow their brain down for them. We can't right. control every scenario. We can't make every place we go sensory friendly. And I think as a parent, that's extremely hard because then it comes down to a point, at least for me, where I feel like I can't do something for my child. And I think the most frustrating part of it is you have to actually learn to adapt to the way they respond to their environment. And most people say, oh, that's not such a big deal. Or some people, you know, my experience, and the reason I say most people is because many people have told me that. And then once they experience like, wow, how do you get through the day? Because it's become natural. But it's not as simple as, oh, well, our child can't go when there's flashing lights. Because my kids actually do really good with flashing lights. But you take the same kids, put them in a crowd with a certain level of noise, and they flip out. We went to Chipotle, my uh, one child and myself and a friend, and we went to um, basically just to a restaurant. It's a really cool Mexican restaurant I recommend to everybody. But because I did not read the, the menu to her ahead of time to allow her to choose ahead of time, she had the most incredible, overwhelming breakdown over the whole thing. I mean, she had such bad anxiety, I almost fell apart. I could not believe how bad a child could have anxiety over ordering off a menu. I mean, I think I completely understand where you're coming from because I've seen my son ever in the same scenarios. And I think what is most difficult for people to understand who aren't autism parents is that a lot of people will tell me, well, once you learn his triggers and what goes on, it should be fine, right? But my son has a tendency to bounce back and forth so between hypersensitive and hyposensitive so sometimes he can't hear anything sometimes he's not responding to his own name and other times everything is too loud and there's no there's no way to prepare for I mean you know I've said this before there's books on what to expect when you're expecting and what to expect when you're expecting twins but there's no book on what to expect when you have autism yes it's like what not to expect when you have autism exactly (laughs) i tell my friends it's like going to vegas and all the slot machines are going off at the same time inside my child's head and you never know what's going to come out sometimes they say the most embarrassing things 
that to them it makes perfect sense and they don't understand why people are upset because they were just describing, you know, my dog had an accident in the store when we took her to uh, one of the local pet stores to get the pictures and my son yelled it so loud that everybody just stared at us and you either can take it one of two ways. You can get upset and shrink down to the size of an inch or you can laugh and make a joke of it, give him a hug and keep on cruising. And it's just gotten where all we do is just laugh at it because there's no way you're going to get through it otherwise if you don't laugh a lot. And I think that it's so hard for people to understand how much it takes to get to that point. Like, I mean, I'm a single parent of a child with autism. And so I do everything on my own, 100% everything on my own. And that's a really difficult thing. And I remember I took Everett to the store one time. I took him to Target, which is a bad idea. I, I mean, I took him out in public, which is a bad idea in general. And But I, I gave him his blanket. I gave him his tablet. I tried to set everything up exactly the way it should be. His tablet died in the middle of the store. I have no way to charge it. Oh, no. And oh. <laughs> he was eating Mike and Ike's. I think they were Mike and Ike's. He was eating Mike and Ike's. And he just started freaking out. And he dropped them everywhere. And all oh these parents gosh. are looking at me like, your kid is throwing a temper tantrum because they don't understand right. what that's like for him to all of a sudden hear all these noises and see all these lights and not be in his own little bubble anymore. And I got down and I told yes. Everett, I said, you know what? It's an accident. Accidents happen. We're going to pick it up. We're going to get something else. And this mom in the aisle in front of me with everyone else staring at me like my child was a heathen looks at me and says, you know, you are doing such a good job. And to this Isn't day, that cool I that happens? I don't think she understands how much I need to hear yes. that. It's like, you know, it's like me and you and you talk every once in a while, you know, when we're complaining to each other back and forth, you know, I'll, I'll text, you know, I'll say, well, have you breathed yet? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'll say, hey, how are you today? Because 90% of the time people don't ask. Yes. And I'll tell you, as, as a fellow autistic parent, I love nothing more than when somebody comes up and says, it's all good. You know, I, I, my son or my daughter has autism, and it's all good. That there's somebody here in the crowd that doesn't think you're crazy, doesn't think that you're a bad parent. It's all good. And I'd love nothing more than to do that for other parents. Uh, there was a lady at Sam's Club recently, and she was losing her mind. I said, it's okay. She says, what do you mean? I said, I've got an autistic too. And she smiled ear to ear. She's like, I thought she was going to fall into tears. I, I, I was just like, all of a sudden, the world just came to her that it's all good and we just yeah. had a good laugh and i said you would not believe how many times we have to look for the keys and she says how did you know that that's the problem i thought he locked my keys in the car and i said and were they she said no he stuck them in that little side pocket i said in your pocketbook and she said yes it's like it's just so cool it's a secret Somebody code it. it's a secret yes. code and i tell people all the time i remember everett was outside playing when we were in texas with one of the neighbor kids and the dad had brought him out and he was playing and they were running around and I kept seeing the dad like do that thing where you like move forward like you're going to go grab him because he thought right. he was doing something wrong. And I looked over and I said, hey, when did he get diagnosed? <laughs> and he looked over at me and you just see him kind of, it's like you see it. You see them lean back, put their shoulders back and start to relax again. I said, how did you know? I said, you just, after a while, you'll know. Yeah. You'll start, you'll start to see it. And I said, it's okay. I said, exactly. I said, there is, he's like, well, I don't know how to do this. And I was like, good. Then you've accepted the very first step because none of us do. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely none of us do. And like I, like, I tell people all the time and anyone who's heard me bring up Jay on here before is, you know, 
I am really honored and happy to have a friend like you, Jay, because I've told people before, like, I can call my mom and be like, you know, oh, hey, you know, I took Everett to the store today. And she's like, oh, that's cool. What'd you get? I call you and I tell you I took Everett to the store today. You know, it's the first of the month. The place is packed. There's signs everywhere. You're like, are you okay? Woke up broken. Woke <laughs> up broken. Are you okay? Is everything going to be all right? <laughs> and are you allowed to go back and... to the store? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know and I guess sometimes it's just easier it's easier not to go out and it's easier not to go to family functions and it's easier not to do all these things but then we also can't just keep them in yeah you gotta be we careful can't not, protect them we've got to be careful not to be helicopter parents the kids have to fall they have to skin their knees but I'm not gonna lie I now have the Sam's Club advanced membership with free shipping and I get toilet paper drop shipped to my house I get catheter <laughs> drops into my house. So when Preach. I'm going to the store, it's on a mission. I, I've got a purpose. I've got a battle plan. I've got backups. I've got the uh, noise-canceling earphones. I've got the iPad. I've got little blankets. Whatever it takes to get these guys through that store and me out of there in one piece. Because you never know what it's going to be. And what's so unique is my oldest daughter, uh, you know, my oldest child, as I mentioned before, she picks up on kids that are autistic and goes over and talks to them at their level and it's just amazing to watch and yeah and i mean i've seen parents who i can tell don't even know that their child is yeah. on the spectrum at the store and i'll see all of a sudden the kid will be sitting there and you'll see him look up at the lights and start hearing noises and start shaking his head and start freaking out and the mom is sitting there and you hear her saying like i don't know what's wrong i don't know what's wrong just tell me what's wrong and i've gone over there i get down to the level of the kid Yep. And, you know, I just I point at one thing and I say, hey, let's look at here and let's count. And she's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, you have to change their focus. You yeah. have to give them something else to focus on. And and I think it's so important that even for people who don't have kids on the spectrum, when you're out in stores and you're out in the world and you see these kids start having meltdowns, do not give that look. And, oh, God, do we know what that look is? Yes. <laughs> To those parents, because you know what? We already feel it. We don't need to see it on your face. Right. <laughs> and, and it's the other big already thing is, the hardest thing. The, the big thing you just mentioned is you have to get down to their level. Because if they're already overwhelmed and they're already freaked out, they don't need some six-foot-tall guy coming over and making faces and having fun. You need to get down to their level. And that took me a lot to learn that. And also to say not now instead of no. Because autistics think in a completely different reference than normal people do and saying not now has made my life so much easier if i have one recommendation anybody who's got autistic kids start saying not now instead of no avoid the fight and sometimes that's easier and it's and it's complicated and a lot of people think well you know if you just i love people who have read like two articles on the internet and think they know everything about autism parenting they're like oh just keep them on the same schedule every single day i'm sorry Exactly. why didn't I, love... I think of that oh, oh why didn't i think you're so smart <laughs> yes and give them a journal my child can't even read let alone write and yes he may be in the you know the third going the fourth grade that does not mean that he's got everything everybody else has and that drives me crazy that people think these kids learn the same as everybody else does i have a child that is explained to us that three percent of what he retains will actually go into a short-term memory. 1% of that is going to convert into long-term memory. So it's really, you feel like you're talking to yourself most days. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard because ever, whenever it was in, whenever it was in kindergarten, you know, me and you had a lot of back and forth conversations about his teachers and him getting moved and all this stuff. But the last teacher he finally had, I went in and they were doing testing and she said, he keeps failing testing. And I'm thinking in my head, well, he knows all this stuff. We go over it at home. I show him everything. And she's like, no, it's auditory testing. And I'm like, no, (laughs) the issue is these schools, they're teaching these kids one way, one way. And these kids learn so differently. And thankfully, my son's kindergarten teacher, she was on the spectrum, which wow. was, it was, it was, it was amazing for me because she under, as soon as I said, well, he's on the spectrum, she goes, oh, which way does he learn? I said, visual. She goes, okay, we'll just change everything. We'll just yeah. work it out. You know, and yeah. you have to, you have to be able to not necessarily like just jump up to get in an argument. Maybe they don't know. Maybe the teachers don't know. But they have to be willing with the IEP plan. They have to sit down and they have to figure out a way to do it that it's going to work for everyone. Now, the public at large may not know that there are three different types of learning. You know, the uh, kinesthetic, the touch, the auditory, and the visual. And it's really interesting that everybody does learn different, but the system is designed to put you into that format that they believe is best for Now, going from that to what you just mentioned, the IEP, which in Texas they call them ARDS, A-R-D. Um, how much do you know about the IEPs, Brooke? I know enough that I know that I have to get Everett on an IEP for when he goes into kindergarten this year. Um, and that I have to sit down with his teachers. I know that he can't be involved until he's like 13, I believe. Yeah, and then it gets really interesting when they are involved. <laughs> you almost don't want them involved. And- I mean, I understand that, but I also find it so difficult for how hard it is to get them to stay in gen pop. Yes. yes. Where they're actually going to be educated. I'm, I'm going to be as forward as possible with this, and I hope your audience loves it. But you have a better chance of finding a four-leaf clover in the front yard than getting an IEP. And it it's is... awful. And especially an IEP with gen pop. That's like a seven-leaf yes. clover. Let's it say. is so restricted and... It, it's a thankless job as a parent. You are assumed to be a bad parent because your child does not learn the way other kids do. I have a child that has, and I don't even understand this, but it's, it's a cyclonic sleep disorder. That means at two o'clock in the morning, the vacuum cleaner will be running because they're cleaning the house. At five o'clock in the morning, randomly, they, they're they cooking. and they're not Oh, they can come cook. over my house. <laughs> well, they're not old enough to cook, so... Um, lots of supervision but my point is they don't know what time of the day it is you're supposed to be awake and when you're supposed to be asleep and one of the teachers actually came up to us and told us how dare our child fall asleep in her class that it was somehow our fault and I was so appalled and I said what would you like us to do I said if you correct your children you guys call DCF on us we don't correct our children. You guys call DCF on us, or you yell at us, or you call us bad parents. Frankly, if you read the IEP, you would see why, you know, kids are falling asleep. But the teachers, even with the IEP, they don't read it. Uh, one of our children, the IEP is actually described that if they have any kind of an alarm, that the child is to be separated ahead of time. So when they have lockdowns, which they actually have lockdowns, that blows my mind, our child's not even supposed to go to school on those days, or they have to be separated from the other kids. And the worst of it is they're showing videos in the school 
of what happens in lockdown. Somebody coming in, holding a gun on the children and threatening their lives. And that's not the kind of thing you want a child to see in a movie, but yet they do that. And it just blows my mind. So you have an autistic child seeing something that other kids would see in a video game, but our kids think it's real and then they think it's acceptable. The system needs to be adjusted a lot for these kids. And I think that it's so interesting because one of the things you brought up with the discipline stuff and calling DCF on autistic parents is when it comes to a child with autism, if you discipline them, how dare you discipline a child who has autism because they don't understand everything. And if you don't discipline them, how dare you not discipline your child? And where is that line, John? Right. Where is the line, John, between you need to be disciplined for this, but hey, I understand this is because, you know, you're having a sensory attack. And then the timeout rule does not apply. Um, oh God! Child, you can say okay for three minutes sit in the corner that's time out with an autistic child depending on their mood they can sit there for three hours and not care because they're off in their land but most of the time just getting them into timeout is more devastating than the actual sitting there for three minutes which they can't See, do most of the time I learned a long time ago you can't sit Everett down yes. and make him go in timeout you have to I make him stand next to the wall with his arms up right and everybody's then different. he has to think about what he's doing. Each child is completely different. Like when you put my youngest in timeout, there's no learning from it. Gets up out of timeout, goes right back to what was going on. Like it never happened. And like I say, he doesn't have the ability to process. So that's where that's at. Um, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And you just have to keep using the well done technique, keep redirecting into doing something that is not appropriate. And just patiently praising them like crazy whenever they do something that's appropriate and hope at the end of the day that the 1% sank in and there's some progress to be made. And I think, you know, I think it's so interesting because, you know, like I'm a big person about the tribe and about autistic parents coming together and talking to one another. Because if you think about it, you know, when you're going about your daily life and you have all these consistent worries and stressors and making sure everything's the right way and making sure everything's going to work and, you know, your child's not going to have a freak out and, or a panic attack and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you meet someone and they're like, oh yeah, I have a child on the spectrum. It's almost like meeting a unicorn. <laughs> You're just like, oh my gosh. And it's, it's like you, it's, it's not even like a question. It's just like you automatically just want to tell them everything about your life <laughs> because they're going to understand kids, it. But it's if their kids are on spectrum. You recently had an, a podcast episode where you talked about this, because this is something that drives me crazy. They say the kids on spectrum. Yes, oh, the T. Yes, she's in. The T. Your disabled child is not a fashion accessory. Is that the one you're talking yes. about? Yes. Yes, I am. And it drives me nuts. Because yes, your child's ADHD. Yes, they're on spectrum. I get that. But try living with a child that is fully autistic. It's a whole different universe. And all, all three kids that we've had have had or have ADHD. I'm ADHD. That is honestly a a day at the fair compared to full blown autism. Full blown and I know, autism and it's is... no. And what I think is funny is that people don't even understand. Like I've seen parents who have autistic children who are fully on the spectrum, and right. they will hire them a para to stay with them full time. Like I mean, move in with them. I've seen this. Yes. And they don't take care of their child. They don't deal with any of the tantrums. They don't deal with anything. But hey, they are at that march with that autism mom shirt. 
Or they're taking videos of their child saying, I'm autistic and I'm proud, just for the share count. Yeah. And and it frustrates me because there's some really big organizations that are all about autism, but when you dig down, they are about autism in name only. And it's really super frustrating because people are like, oh, just call this organization. They'll take care of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, autism. You know, I hate to say this because I'm probably going to get so much hate for this. Autism Speaks is not what everyone thinks it is. Okay, if I you, didn't say that. If you think about, I don't know, I'll say it. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I, I know everyone knows it. I'm the one with the T. Look at the percentage of what Autism <laughs> Speaks actually gives back to the autism community. There's after actually they pay for five marketing and commercials. And yeah, but five or six percent of how much they make. No, I'm saying there's five or six fairly large organizations that are about autism that are not doing what they're claiming to do. And it's very frustrating for a parent that has a child with autism because when you call them, they are really nice people and they're on a mission, but their mission seems to be to keep a job. I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) Their, Their mission is to look. Their mission is to use autism as a fashion accessory. You know, I, I don't want to speak negatively, but I'm just going to say that if you're giving your money towards autism, make sure it's a friend, a family member, a neighbor that needs something for their kid that you can just get for them. Or maybe um, donate to donate know. donate sensory friendly things to schools, public libraries. Oh, get me started! Yes, yes donate 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 sensory friendly equipment to doctors' offices to air. Yes. You know what I thought was funny? I just wrote an article about this. I'm about to post on my blog, and you're going to love this, right? So what I think is really interesting, if you go to a public airport nowadays, right? I was just recently traveling with my son. Public airports are extremely busy. I will. I'll make you a sandwich. Go. Sorry. My son needed a sandwich. Um, so they will have, they will have um, smoking areas for smokers. Okay, go. I'm gonna cut out that whole part. Okay. Um, no worries. They will have okay, so they will have smoking areas for smokers, rooms where smokers don't have to go outside into the cold. They have rooms for veterans, which I'm full <clears throat> supportive as a veteran myself, to go hang out. Right. Because they have PTSD and sometimes they can't be around a whole lot of people. How much would it cost to give a room that's sensory friendly and quiet for parents traveling with autistic kids or autistic adults to just go in? I gotta go pee, okay? Gotta go pee. I am. I'm gonna pull. It's up to you, though. <laughs> I am. Um, how much would it actually? I'm gonna restart because I'm gonna cut out that whole section. Okay. So we're talking about airports. And when I recently took Everett traveling, I realized they have rooms for veterans who have PTSD to calm down, hang out with other veterans, talk with them. And that's great. I'm full support of that as a veteran myself. They have rooms for smokers. So they don't have to go outside to smoke a cigarette, but they can't have a sensory friendly room or a sensory friendly area. I'm going to weigh in on this a little bit. Most parents of autistics would never dream of taking their kid to an airport. Sometimes you have to. 
Well, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being sincere. We just oh. couldn't. I, I will find a way around. In fact, when my mom passed away, we had to wait almost a week before we could get back because we had to actually get the kids ready, load them up, and then drive them back because we thought about taking the airport and we just thought about this movie goes on in your head. And you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Screaming, yelling, kids trying to open the door while the plane Narrow is hallways. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we just didn't even consider that no! as an option. Even though we, we had the money with the bravement fairs, we could have done it. Flying with our autistic children is just not even feasible at this point. Can you imagine them seeing the cart with all the food on it? What would go on? Oh, my God. Can you imagine the fact that most airports are so open, they can get up and run away so fast and you'll never find them again? Yes. And then I will say I will say this, though, mind you, I will say this. When I was traveling with Everett to Virginia from Texas, we had to go through TSA. And Everett started kind of. I had him, I got a cart. I rented a cart for $5 so he could sit on it with his tablet. It's, it's worth it. It's worth every cent, okay? We were going through TSA, getting, and one of the TSA agents looked at him and saw him wobbling, and she said, is he okay? And I said, yeah, he's autistic. She immediately separated the line, took us out of the line, and put us in a line all by ourselves so he didn't have to be around that many people. So she could get us in and out and do everything we needed to do without him having to deal with that. And it's those little, cool. those little things. I remember I was reading a tweet the other day about a woman who took her autistic child into HEB, which is, you know, the grocery store down south. Mm-hmm. And their child jumped out of the cart, went into the middle of the aisle and started spinning which is stemming. A lot of kids on the spectrum do it. Yep. And in her mind, she loved that her child was only doing that, but she was also terrified that the child was going to get in trouble, and she starts seeing these two HEB employees start going towards the middle of the aisle. And all she's thinking is, oh, my gosh. My, I mean, I'm about to get kicked out of HEB. I'm about to <laughs> – we're about to get thrown out of here. My child's causing a ruckus. And No. These two HEB employees went into the middle of the aisle and started spinning around with the kid. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. And I don't think they understand what that is. I have had some of the most amazing experiences in the last couple of years when people that have autistic kids get down and play with my kids. I mean, people that look like they would be the grouchiest people on the planet will get down on their knees and play with my kids because they know now they may not say they're autistic they just say they can tell their special needs and i gotta tell you it not only fascinates me but it just makes my heart race because i love it you know you see these people it looks like they wouldn't even want to have kids around and they're giggling and talking to my kids and they're holding things up that they know that the kids will respond well to or they're giving them you know little toys and stuff they always ask me first but it's just amazing i'm so grateful for that because some days you just get out of bed thinking oh gosh what is going to go wrong today how bad is it going to be you mean every day right (laughs) well i've had my kids kicked out of sunday bible school before i've had my kids be removed from uh daycares from uh, vacation bible school they literally were not welcome back 
And I think it's so it's so interesting because, you know, you talk about places like Vacation Bible School that they're kicked out of and stores and, okay, that's fine. We can find other places to go. And you say, you know, we can avoid using the airport at all costs if we can. What about those places you can't afford that can't offer anything sensory friendly? What about doctor's offices, hospitals, dentist's office? Right. What about the places we cannot step away from going to? If they could just make exactly. small changes to make more sensory friendly situations, I don't think they understand how much that would do for us as parents. I am terrified every time I take my child to the doctor. It takes six nurses in there, right? Back in Texas, they knew him. They had extra yep. staff on the day that Everett came to the doctor's office, especially when he had yep. to get his shots. Because my son doesn't feel, he doesn't sense um, pain on the surface. It's just a thing with him. He doesn't have that pain sensor. So shots, he does sense pain on the inside. So right. shots for him are terrifying because it was the first time he ever experienced real pain. Right. And knew what it was. And he had to have like six nurses hold him down. And one of the nurses, I remember I went to a clinic so he could get a shot for school. And one of the nurses was new. No fault of his own. Came in and Everett was kind of running around freaking out and they were really nice they let Everett go up and down the halls to say hi to the doctors and stuff in the back and he said when they went in there he said why does this child need so much special attention that he needs six nurses in here and I said get out I literally told him I said get out and the doctor went and talked to him and he came back and he said no I'm sorry I didn't know (laughs) well sometimes people are curious and it just depends on their posture but much of the time, it feels like you're being judged. And it's hard to explain that to people. And maybe it's not real. Maybe it's just in our heads. But after enough parents saying literally out loud, you are a bad parent, it just gets old. So you assume everybody's judging at this point. Or, you know, when, you know, you have even family members say, you know, they're not autistic. You just need to actually discipline them. Exactly. And I think that's some of the most interesting things that can happen with parents of autistic kids is people don't understand what we go through on a personal, on a personal level as a parent, the breakdowns that we go through, because there is like, I mean, I remember I did a speech on one of my social medias one time and I said, my autistic child is not your autistic child. He is not autism t-shirts. He is not, he is holding him down in the middle of a, shopping store while he's having a panic attack just so he won't hurt himself or anyone else that's the hard part to explain to people when i'm dealing with the school for example we try to explain to them we don't want our children to hurt the other children and they you know the other side of the school act like they can't understand why we'd be worried about the other kids and not our own kid well frankly I've seen my child give a police officer a bloody nose. I've seen her knock a police officer to the ground. Exactly. Cameras These kids are off. strong. And right now they're, <laughs> they're kids. They're kids right now. And I had a doctor yes. tell me once, they said, you know what? The scariest thing is not that our children are, because I've had my son give me a hairline fracture to the wrist. I've had him give me a black eye. I've had, and she said, it's not the fact that our kids are being violent. It's the fact that right now they're kids. What happens when they're teenagers being violent? Right. 18-year-olds being violent. 
And if you're blessed enough to have what they call self-injuring autistic, where they actually break their own bones, DCF is at your doorstep, which other states call CPS. They are not properly trained to handle autistic children. They walk around saying, oh, yes, I, I'm certified in autistic children. But if that's the case, then why do they go barreling in and isolate them from their family in school, etc.? I had Everett picked up in the middle of the night when I was at work. I got him immediately back, but I had him picked up in the middle of the night while I was at work, torn from his home by police officers. Not even by a psychologist or anyone that could actually talk to him or explain what was going on. And they... And they just tore him out of there. And to this day, he doesn't sleep unless I'm in the room because he thinks he's, I'm not going to be there when he wakes up. Now, just a quick reminder to people that don't understand this. I'm making it. Stop talking. <laughs> I am making it. You need to go to the room right now. I am working. Go to the room. A couple more minutes. I know. We're about to close up. Go. Okay. So I got to cut that part out too. Awesome. That's okay. I love kids. Um, I do too, especially mine. <laughs> okay. So, and just go back to what you were saying and I'll piece it together. What I want people to understand that do not understand what actually happened. We're talking about children that will have a breakdown and wind up in the hospital if their brand of juice changes. And I'm not exaggerating. The Even toilet the paper slightest... story. The toilet paper story. Do you remember the story that you told me about the toilet paper? I do not remember. There's been so many. Please I forget. I forget. I know you said that you had to get like a different brand of toilet paper or something like that. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we used to use Angel Soft. And we had to use a different brand. And my son started dipping the toilet in the water because he was the wrong brand. Whole rolls. Just <laughs> one after another. And it's just any little thing in their environment that is alien to them. They reject it, and they don't know how to communicate it, so they'll dip a whole roll of toilet paper in the toilet. Uh, they'll throw things away. If they don't like something, they just throw it away. So you're looking for your favorite pen, and it went out in the trash a week ago. It's complicated. I think our entire lives are going to be complicated for our entire lives. We don't get the 0 to 18, and then you can send your kids off. We don't, we don't get the, okay, now they're an adult. They don't need you anymore speech. Anybody who has autistic children will, will understand this and hopefully laugh about it. You cannot have a desk with stamps in it because they cannot tell the difference between a forever stamp and a sticker. <laughs> it's just one of so many examples. Or, you know, when they take, I have Everett take apart my computers or take apart my phones because he knows how to put them back together. Yes. So you know what I'm talking about. Or they won't sleep for days at a time and you just want to rip your hair out. Yes. I, 
I live in the dream. <coughs> oh, yeah. As a single autism parent, I get that on a whole other level. Oh, I get the, hey, just take the tablet. I'm going to sleep for 30 minutes. Just don't get off the bed. <laughs> just don't move. Okay? <laughs> you wake up and the kitchen is covered in pancake mix. Oh, gosh. That's a good day. That sounds, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, you know, as an autism parent, what does a dream situation sound like to you? And I said, you know what? A well-placed coma doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah, but you can't say because most people can't. Every autistic <laughs> parent out there is laughing, but a person who doesn't understand would not understand that joke. But you just need sleep. It gets to that point. You just need sleep. Yes. And if you try to leave them with somebody else, they're calling every 15 minutes because something else went on. Absolutely. Oh, and you know this better than anybody. Try to hire a babysitter if you don't have a regular person that knows the kids really well. Oh, God. It's, it always reminds me of that episode of or that uh, movie in The Incredibles where the babysitter calls and says, I don't know what's going on, but your child has special needs. And um, yes. I, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's like that. It, it really is. And I think yeah. that that's what people don't understand. And I think that's why it's so important for people who, you know, are on, on, in the autism community to connect with each other and create that community and talk with one another. And that's why this month I'm setting up a whole bunch of calls with different parents like yourself, Jay, that I've gotten to know to just talk about their experiences with their kids and what goes on in their life. Because it's different. When, this is not a joke. When people ask me, what is it like to live with autistic children? I said, take all your medications, every Tylenol, Benadryl, everything you've got in the closet and put it in a locked safe. Now take all your utensils, all your pencils, your, your pens, anything that could potentially be sharp, put it in a locked safe. Now sleep with that lock around your neck and your hand, excuse me, the key around your neck and your hand on the key. Okay, that's just like being left with the parent. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. if you don't, you'll be glad to find out that there's pancake mix all over the kitchen, which I keep coming back to that because it's happened so many times. We or lock actual, up our flour. actual pancakes. No, I've the had... powder, the white powder. Oh, yeah, no, no, I've had actual pancakes because Everett can't tell the difference between hot and cold. So I have right. actually had him dip his hand in a hot wax warmer. And not think, oh, not think a thing of it. It doesn't affect him. Yeah, when our middle child was younger, we had the same problem with him. He could not feel pain unless it was emotional pain. But physical pain, he just didn't feel it. Now he feels it, but it's complicated. It's very complicated. I think that's kind of the, the essence of being how, what it's like to be an autism parent. It's complicated. And exactly. it's always going to be complicated. And you gotta laugh. As long as you're not hurting somebody, you gotta laugh. And just stay away from large crowds. Um, I gotta let you go, but I'm, I'm gonna share one last quick story. Took our children to a autism safe Easter egg hunt about two weeks ago. And we go to those because regular Easter egg hunts are generally a disaster. I'm just, it's a disaster. Kids get hurt, people running over each other beating them up, headlocks. I mean, it just goes bad. And unfortunately, I'm not joking about any of that. So we were standing there, 
And all of a sudden, the regular kids ran out of eggs, and they ran over to the autistic section and started grabbing the eggs. So our youngest, who's got the sensory, I can never remember the name of it, please forgive me, but it's a, it's a sensory overload um, spectrum. And it's new to me that uh, ADHD would have that. The youngest child picked up one and a half eggs and stood there and stared. My other child ran to a section where there was nobody and just started grabbing them like crazy. And I had to run and, and stop the grabbing before he started tackling other kids. So, yeah, it's complicated. Are you there? Hello. Okay, well, it was great to talk to you, Brooke. I hope to talk to you again soon.